0: What's up, family? This is your man, not your boy. Go black to Africa. Hey, so I got this video for you all, and I would hope each and every one of you all would be able to listen while India exposes the racism that goes on in America against black folks as well as other minorities. Now, I believe that most people who are melanated don't even believe that there is inequality that happens within the business, within the banking, within the jobs, within the education, within the insurances, within the healthcare, that we are at a huge disadvantage, and yet many of us don't see. So when you look at your child in the eye and tell them, you're gonna have to work twice as hard. You're gonna have to show up early, go get off work later. You are gonna have to prove yourself that you are better than I hope your child looks you back in the eyes and say, why are we here then? So that it motivates you while I sit here in Africa and I see all the opportunities. I see the middle class and the rich here. I see what we had there in America and that you can attain and that you can reach your full potential without any obstacles in the path. Having those opportunities and successes that reigns within you to be able to enjoy all the freedoms that Africa has for you. Don't believe their narrative, don't believe the lie. I have boots here on the ground. I've been in and out of this continent and I'm telling you right now, you will never be judged by the color of your skin in Africa. This is your man, not your boy. Go black to Africa.
1: Let me show you some headlines. The US has asked India to engage minorities on CAA and ICA. The US is introducing a bill to prove whether Myanmar's attacks on Rohingyas constitute genocide. The US says Pakistan's attacks on minorities are hampering religious freedom. The U.S. criticizes Turkey for restricting the rights of minority groups. The U.S. calls out Beijing for suppressing Christians, Uyghur Muslims, and Tibetan Buddhists. The U.S. tags Russia as a country of particular concern. There are also Vietnam, Eritrea, Iran, Nigeria, North Korea, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, Tajikistan, and Turkmenistan. All countries of particular concern. And this happens every year. A quasi-judicial body called the USCIRF, or the US Commission on International Religious Freedom, publishes an unwarranted report. Binds it with a claim of independently assessing and unflinchingly confronting threats to fundamental rights. It lampoons countries, schools them on equality, and speaks not a word on fundamental rights in America. What about the plight of minorities in the US? What about the rampant racism? Again, a stoic silence, which only goes on to indicate two possibilities. Number one, America thinks it is above all. Number two, the American truth is too bitter to confront. The crisis runs too deep for those sitting in America to dig it up annually. US President Joe Biden was recently asked his views on racism. He said, and I'm quoting, I do not think America is racist, but I think the overhang from all the Jim Crow and before that slavery have had a cost. His deputy said the same. America's first black vice president, Kamala Harris, said this. I don't think America is a racist country, but we also do have to speak the truth about the history of racism in our country and its existence today. Now, first of all, these statements contradict themselves. Why say something so assertively only to follow it up with a but? As for the truth, here it is. America has one of the worst records in the world on minorities. No matter what its leadership tells you, the country is systematically racist, and we will show you that on this episode of Gravitas Plus. Hello and welcome, I'm Palki Sharma Upadhyay, and tonight I argue that racism in America is a reality. Let's begin with history. Between 1525 and 1866, 12 and people were kidnapped from Africa. They were bundled up like cargo, and many of them were shipped to what we today know as the United States of America, where nearly 2 million Africans would die in transit. For the 10.7 million who survived this transatlantic slave trade, life would become a living hell. On reaching America, they were shackled, enslaved, forced to work in sugar fields. Men, women, and children fell to the ground and died on the plantation fields. Slaves were whipped, beaten, burnt, mutilated, raped. So does America have a racist history? Yes, it does. Fast forward a few years, a civil war and secession. US President Abraham Lincoln freed all slaves. The date was the 1st of January, 1863. The decree read, all persons held as slaves are and henceforth shall be free. Two years later, on June 19th, 1865, Union General Gordon Granger told the slaves of Galveston, Texas that they were officially free. The day is now known as Juneteenth. The National Museum of African American History and Culture calls it America's Second Independence Day. The United States celebrates Juneteenth every year. But what exactly do they celebrate? There is racism in policing. Black people make up 13% of America's population, but they account for 28% of those killed by police in 2020. There is racism in the criminal justice system. One in every 10 black men in his 30s is in jail on any given day. Youth of color make two thirds of the youth detained. There's still housing discrimination. There is still banking discrimination. Blacks and Hispanics face extra challenges in getting home loans. In 2015, 27.4% of Black applicants and 19.2% of Hispanic applicants were denied mortgages. There is still educational discrimination. Nearly 72.4% of Black students attend a high poverty school. In comparison, it's 31.3% for whites Then there's workplace discrimination. A black graduate is more likely to be unemployed. But there are certain jobs where people of color are overrepresented. The lowest paying ones, like food servers, porters, barbers, tailors, dry cleaning workers, concierges, chauffeurs, agricultural workers. In 2018, an average black worker earned just 62% of an average white worker. There is also wealth inequality. African-Americans own just one-tenth the wealth of white Americans. There is health disparity. In 2017, 10.6% of African-Americans were uninsured. Why do 11 in every 1,000 babies born to black Americans die when the national average is 5.8? And then there are hate crimes. Anti-black bias was behind 27% of the hate crimes in 2019. Some of these crimes are committed by white men in uniform. Let's look at some recent incidents. You're all familiar with these words, the last words of George Floyd. He choked to death after a white police officer knelt on his neck. What was Floyd's fault? He was suspected to have used a counterfeit $20 bill. $20. In March this year, -year 42-year-old Andrew Brown
2: Shield stupid commercial. Hold on one second.
1: In March this year, 42-year-old Andrew Brown was shot during an attempted arrest. What was his fault? No one knows. In 2020, 41-year-old Daniel Prude died in New York. He was specially abled. He had no arms on him. But the cops detained him with spithood. He died of asphyxia because of physical restraint. What was his fault? He was running naked through the streets in a light snow. In 2014, 18-year-old Michael Brown was shot by a white police officer. 12 bullets were fired. Brown lay dead on the streets of St. Louis for four hours. No one knows what happened. The cop was never charged. Brown's death gave birth to the Black Lives Matter movement. As we speak, police in the US is three times more likely to fatally shoot a black man if this is not racism. What is? America has failed to practice equality at home, but it is preaching to the world. Now we come to the question, why is America so racist? Number one, it has legacy. And number two, the legacy has now become political. There are two major parties of America, the Democrats and the Republicans. African-Americans mostly vote for the Democrats the whites for the Republicans. Barack Obama was the first black man in the White House. His election was seen by many as a national atonement for the sin of slavery, but race also became one of Obama's biggest failures. Under his administration, the percentage of Americans who believed racism was on the rise doubled. Incidents of racism rose too. It was under the Trump administration, not the Obama administration, that lynching was finally declared a federal crime. But that doesn't clear Trump of anything. He played the white supremacy card, whipped up nationalism, made Proud Boys prouder and sent troops to fight the Black Lives Matter movement. Joe Biden promised to heal the nation, but few months in office and he says, America is not even racist. Can you solve a problem without acknowledging it? I started by showing you some headlines. I'll end by showing you some more. Cases of mental health are rising in the US because of racism against Asian Americans. Minority children in America are lagging behind even in full-time classroom learning. The pandemic has affected more black Americans compared to their white counterparts. Domestic extremism has become mainstream and could threaten American life for 20 years. Half of all US minority-owned small businesses could not afford rent in April. The United States of America is among the 10 worst countries for racial equality, and yet the US thinks It has the moral high ground to school others on minority affairs. It has none. And with that, I rest my case.
2: Damn. Ooh. 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 I guess India said, United States, you ain't going to be telling us shit about shit. Um. Damn,
0: they won't. I don't think she actually said it. it must be last a, night that America is not a racist country. Do you agree with that? And what do you make of his warning against fighting discrimination with more discrimination?
3: I believe that we need to. Well, first of all, no, I don't think America is a racist country. But we also do have to speak truth about the history of racism in our country and its and its existence today. And I I applaud the president for always having the ability and the courage, frankly, to speak the truth about it. He spoke what we know from the intelligence community. One of the greatest threats to our national security is domestic terrorism manifested by white supremacists. And so these are issues that we must confront. And it doesn't, it does not help to heal our country, to unify us as a people, to ignore the realities of that. And I think the president has been outstanding and a real national leader on the issue of saying let's confront the realities and let's deal with it knowing we all have so much more in common than what separates us and the idea is that we want to unify the country
2: sorry about that
3: but not without um, speaking truth and, and requiring accountability as appropriate
2: now all those words that you said were nice, fine and good we gotta recognize it or whatever what they're doing this is how white supremacy works If you don't talk about it, people won't think it's that bad. People won't think it's that many folks that are supremacists. So what you have to do is make it, turn it into isolated incidences. And therefore, the United States can't take responsibility as a nation for what's been going on since the beginning of slavery. Kamala and Joe don't want that burden on their shoulders. Black America, we should be proud of ourselves. Because we have made it so that they have to acknowledge white supremacy. They have to at least acknowledge it. So they can't ignore it. They can't sweep it aside. So now what they're doing is they're lumping us together and calling us people of color, along with uh, Asians, along with Hispanics and Latinos, along with everybody else who wants to be accepted by the white man. So that includes black people who are fucking coons. I'm throwing them in the mix too. It's really sad to see the leaders of our great country not admit that this country is actually racist. What they're trying to do is, like I said, what they're trying to do. But for people who know this country is racist, what they're trying to do is talk you into, let's all just get along. No, the fuck, we're not doing that. So, I hope that you guys uh, enjoyed this episode. I hope you understood where I was coming from with all this. I just felt like it was nice to hear somebody from another country actually put the United States in their place. And don't get me wrong. I don't think that she was for us. I think that she was just pointing out that the U.S. needs to get their shit together before they start pointing fingers at other countries, which makes a whole lot of sense. So you guys take care. Have a great uh, day, evening, whatever time it may be where you're at.